John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You are in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. Hello, my dear friend. It's my joy to welcome you to this time when we hear the word of God. Coming to you from Calvary Baptist Church. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Master, we thank you. We love you because you first loved us. You gave us your Bible to guide us and direct us and to correct us and to make us prosperous in all things. As we read and share your word, you've always been with us. I pray for my listening friends that you will direct us, that will be not hearers of the word only, but doers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For several weeks now, we've been looking at the book of Ruth, a very fascinating small book, a book full of lessons. We've seen how the author describes it, that in those days, there was no king in charge of Israel. So everybody did what was right in their eyes. We've seen how a family headed by Elimelech made a decision that there was hunger in the land. Just like there was hunger in the land we are experiencing. Food prices were high. They couldn't find ways of making ends meet. And people advised themselves what they want to do. Already I heard somebody say, Oh, Christmas is around the corner. And this Christmas, I and my children, what would we eat? And I heard this woman and I just started laughing. She said, You see, we normally eat rice for Christmas and chicken. But I promise you, this coming Christmas, we'll eat banku and pepe. I asked myself, Banku and Pepe. Thank God that there's Banku and Pepe that you can eat. So we'll eat Banku and Pepe. Anyway, what are your Christmas plans? I hope your Christmas plans are not about eating rice and chicken and jollof, Banku and Kitasku boys, but really about worshipping Jesus, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you are preparing your heart to give to him from now on until Christmas. So whether it is dry Christmas, Sakura Christmas, or whatever Christmas, Jesus is the king of your life. I am not saying that you shouldn't rejoice in Christmas. All I'm saying is that there are people who are getting ready now and wondering how they are going to celebrate Christmas. And they've determined that they will not get rice, they will not get chicken. And there will be a sad Christmas. But you see, the message of Jesus Christ is that he came to be born and we celebrate his birth on Christmas. I mean, we celebrate his birth during Christmas. And he's king forever. He has nothing to do with rice or chicken or new dress. Those are just the extras. Prepare your heart for Christmas beginning from now. But the main story is that because there was no food, there was famine, there was drought in Bethlehem, the man called Elimelech took his family and they went to where they probably shouldn't have gone. The land of Moab. To live among them. He went to the wife and two sons. On the face of it, it seems like a very responsible, responsible thing to do. After all, a man is to fend for his family. So he went there to fend for the family. He died, and the two boys, Malon and Kilion, took wives for themselves. I mean, 
And later on, the two boys or men also died. And now they are left the three women, Ruth and her two other women, Naomi. What do you have to say about these three women? It was just a miserable story. How are they going to fend for themselves? We find the story developing. Today we're going to look at a concept in the Bible that is called the providence of God. So today's session, I'm looking at the providence of God. It's a powerful doctrine. And simply put, it is that God is king. But God is king in a way that he acts. He's able to guide our lives in ways through thick and thin until we as individuals or even the world accomplishes the purposes of God. The doctrine of the providence of God shows that as a sovereign king, God knows everything and God has ways of working in us, through us, to accomplish his plans and purposes. So something that may seem bad, something that may seem useless, something that may seem unreasonable, God has his way of working through to an end, an end that he desires. So what do we see here? This man went and he died. The boys died. What is the story then? Oh, maybe the women will fall into sin, will fall into prostitution, will go into all kinds of things in order to survive. No. Later on in life, they heard that food has come back to Bethlehem. The lady heard that food has come. God has returned and blessed his people again. So she decides that I must go back home. That singular decision that she made, I believe, was guided by God. Naomi could have chosen to stay where she stayed. There are people who have traveled, and when the hard time hits them, they decide not to go back home. They decide not to go back to family and friends. They decide to go into all kinds of things, uh, drugs and alcohol, abuse, and selling themselves and prostitution, but she decided to go back home. The two daughters decided to follow her. The two daughters-in-law decided to follow her. She asked them to go back, but one decided, I will follow you. And she followed the mother-in-law. And so where the story takes us now is two women who arrived in the land of Israel at the harvest time. And God, in his own providential way, guides them step by step until we begin to see a story that is a beautiful story about how God, when you give your life to him, when you give your heart to him, will lead you, will guide you, and direct you. That's why today we are talking about the providence of God. What is this story? Why was this story placed in the Bible? What do we learn from a small book like this? We basically learn that the actions we take have consequences. And when those consequences backfire, we should not be too proud to continue in the wrong direction. We must decide to make up our minds to be reconciled to God. Well, Naomi still had a problem with God. Because when she got home eventually with a daughter-in-law who decided to follow her, and people were crying, it's not Naomi, it's not Naomi, it's not Naomi. 
cheerful. That's the meaning of the name. Say, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. I am bitter because God has been bad on my case. She didn't see that they didn't consult God before they went. She probably didn't even see how God can turn her story around. Or she was broadcasting to people that God has been bad to me. God has been cruel to me. God has punished me. Let me ask you this question, my listening friend. Those of you who think God is so cruel, God is so bad, God can punish you or he's punishing you. If God actually decides to punish you, can you stand? What, what at all will you do for God to punish you? And what will be the nature of the punishment? I encourage you to read Psalm 103 and reflect with David on what he says about God. Say, so look, God looks at us. He remembers that we are clay. God looks at us and when we confess our sin, he takes it away from us just like the east is far from the west. How far is the east from the west? When God remembers that you are dust, he works with you so that his plan for your life can be achieved. You remember the verse in Romans 8.28 that says, For we know that God causes all things to work for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. So Naomi now enters into the land. No matter what she said, they should call her Bitter Mara. Nobody really calls her that name. They call her by her name. But she made a decision to go back home. And we see how God guided her step by step, step by step. Then the story turns now to show how this young lady who made a remarkable decision is now led and guided by God to achieve a remarkable feat to show the hand of God, how God is able to turn her story around and how God is able to turn the story of anybody who is willing to follow him around. You see, they're talking about the providence of God today, how God provides, but it looks like God has ways of working with us, ways that show that we are the children of God. Why don't you turn with me to Mark chapter 10, verses 29 and 30. We read something. He said, truly I said to you, or let me start from verse 28. Peter began to say to Jesus, see, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, truly I say to you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children, or lands, for my sake, and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold, and now, in this time, houses, and brothers, and mothers, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Jesus is saying, anybody who follows him, will receive a lot of blessings in this life, including persecutions, by the life to come, Will receive eternal life. Oh, so he places eternal life to be above everything else that we can ever get in this world. Anybody who follows him, who leaves mother and father to follow him. This is what he told Peter when Peter asked him, Sir, we have left everything and followed you. What are we going to get? Look, in this story, 
we find a lady who left everything, her father, her mother, the idols, her company, her friends she grew up with, to follow the mother-in-law, who even she herself did not know where she was going. She didn't even believe that anything good could come out of her. Even if she had a child who was a boy, whether that boy would grow up and marry this woman. So she had no hope. She had no future. She had nothing to give to this woman. But one thing she did for sure, she knew where she was born. She knew it was the land of promise. She knew that God lives there. She knew that this is a place where God's people have decided is their home. And she chose, for whatever reason, not to continue to stay in the land of paganism, in the land of idolatry, in the land that she probably remembered, God said, don't go, and said to go back to God. It's just like somebody who has left church, and you've gone into all kinds of things. You've left the house of God. You've left fellowship. And after all the battering that the world gives you, you say, no, 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 no. Let me go back home. Let me go back to church. The church receives you. And I encourage you, if you're a member of a church, people like that come back, receive them. Do you remember that story? The prodigal son kept asking the father, kept harassing the father, give me whatever I need. Give me whatever belongs to me and let me go. And he went out and did all the things that he wanted to do. He came back to his senses and said, ah, how many of the people in my father's house who are servants don't have food, shelter, clothing, and I'm here starving. And he came back and the father received him with joy. Jesus told that story to show how much the father Loves those who recognize their sin. Love those who are repentant. Love those who come back to the Father and receive them. So, no matter what you say about Naomi, the fact that she decided to go back home instead of staying in Moab shows her faith in God. And this young lady, Ruth, who saw Naomi, who saw her plight, who the milk of human kindness was activated in her, God saw her. And she almost fitted the context of what Jesus was telling Peter. There's nobody who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or child or lands for my sake and the gospel will not receive a promised blessing in this life and the life to come. How did God direct her? God did. When they got back home, I'm sure somebody showed them how to get back home, but they've been gone for 10 years. We got back home, maybe some friends came and gave them some food to eat and settled down. But the Bible tells us it was a time for harvest. Harvest time. Yes, harvest time. And this is where the story gets so interesting. Harvest time in Israel was a time of excitement, just like it should be for everybody who has worked in the farm. For all the toil and all the struggle, a time comes when you receive the blessing of what you've been working hard for, the fruit of your labor. Harvest time. So, mother-in-law now teaching daughter-in-law how to get the blessing of God. It's a very beautiful story of how God regulated this community and told them, what to do, how to care for the poor, the needy, the orphan. And read that from Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 to 23. And I believe 
that if, you, if you've been reading with us, you've passed this point already. Otherwise, go back again and read this story. A beautiful story of how God provided for his people. So, Naomi is now acting as a coach, as a mentor, as somebody who is teaching her daughter-in-law how things should work. An older person teaching a younger people about culture and tradition. So he tells her, she tells her, you see, in our land of Israel, when it is harvest time, the Lord commanded his people that when you go and you want to harvest, do not harvest everything. Deliberately, leave some grains of corn or barley or wheat so that the poor people, those who have not been able to farm, will come and pick some. And they can also have something to eat. I guess even the birds of the air are welcome to pick some and eat it over there. The animals, the rodents will come and pick some and eat over there. God has a wonderful way of providing for all the people he has made. And most times, it comes from the labors of their hand. So some have worked, some have not worked in doing the farming, but at least they take part in the harvesting and the harvest. So we see what happened. After the noble choice that the daughter-in-law made, now the mother-in-law is coaching her to go out there and try to harvest. Where does she go? Of all places. You are a foreigner. You don't know your left from your right. Where do you go? Decides to go to the field. And she goes to the field of somebody called Boaz. Who is Boaz? Well, we don't know yet. But we see how the woman works. So we now see what happens when she goes there. She goes there, hoping to find favor or kindness from the landowner. She goes there, she finds a landowner, and they are reaping. In the corners of the land, they see that, okay, they've left some ears of barley and wheat over there, and this girl goes to glean something. She has a sack, or have a sack, or a backpack, where she puts some of the food in. So she's working, working with the people who are harvesting, and she's picking the leftover. And they are looking at her, who is this? Of course, it looks like they all know who this woman is. But in a village, when you enter a village, everybody knows who you are. They know your story, and they all know her. But Ruth happened to have been in the farm of Boaz. Again, let me ask you, who is Boaz? If you'll be reading this story, we'll get back to that in the next session. So she just happened. This she just happened. This is where the doctrine of providence comes in. That the doctrine of providence is God guiding our ways. The sovereign God guiding our ways and directing us and moving our will and our mind and our thoughts in ways to accomplish his plan and our willingness to hear his voice and follow him. So she happened to be in a place belonging to Boaz and she begins to harvest and she's harvesting so diligently working so hard, sweating so hard that Boaz takes notice of her. Boaz comes to the farm and says, what's going on here? What's happening here? 
Or you are working so hard. Who is this extra person who is here? I didn't send her. She's one of my laborers. She's one of my workers. Who is this? There may have been something about the way she was dressed. What she was carrying obviously showed her as not one of his workers. And they tell her, oh, this is the girl. This is the woman. She came with the other woman. Yeah, the one whose husband died and the sons died. This is the girl who came with the mother-in-law. So, oh, is that so? Say, okay, come here, woman. And what did Boaz say? Look, young lady, we have heard about you. We've heard how you have been so kind to your mother-in-law. How you left your father, your mother, your home, your childhood friends, your future, everything. You've come with her. And we are so impressed. Do whatever you want to do. Please, don't go anywhere else. Stay in this farm. You are in the right place at the right time. Stay here and do whatever you want to do. Then he tells the young man, Hey, young man, I'm telling you, do not try to do anything to harass this girl. Friend, that's what we call divine favor. Favor that comes from God. Boaz is pouring a favor on this girl and restraining these boys or these men who would have liked to take advantage of her. That look, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't disturb her. Stay with my young women, he said. Now stay with my young men. I've commanded them not to touch you. And he said, drink when you are thirsty. Do whatever you want to do here. I have permitted you. You don't behave like a stranger. Behave like you belong here. Because truly, you belong here. And she's just wondering, why should this man be so kind to me as a foreigner? She has no idea who this is. But does God know what should be the relationship between the man and this girl? God certainly knows. Did God send her there? I guarantee God did. Did she know? No. Why did she go there? Well, maybe she just saw. She just saw. You know, in the Christian language, we've been corrected so many times. People say, oh, I just thought. Oh, something just said to me. Oh, then I felt something. Oh, I don't know. Or coincidentally. But we ever see the hand of God working in our lives and guiding us and directing us. Do you know the concept of closed doors and open doors? Do you know that God sometimes may help you to see certain things and sometimes he may prevent you from seeing certain things? I have this funny story. I went with a friend to visit an island. He lived at the other side of the island and he wanted me to come and visit him. So I said, okay, I'll come. Then I took a boat ride and he joined me one side. The one we were going, he said, oh, turn this way. And so I'll stand this way and I'll show you something. So he turned this way and then he was showing me all that he wanted to show me until we got to the end of the ride. And he said, come down. And when I came down, he said, well, you know something? I was trying to prevent you from seeing the naked men and women who were buffing at the other side of the island. He said, naked who? Naked men and women who were bathing on the island there. And I knew if you saw them, you'd be horrified. I said, 
adult naked men and women. What were they doing there? He said, that is the absurdity you have in this world now. Uh, I just didn't want you pass there. And the boat, instead of the, passing the right channel, he just passed there. Because he knows there are men in the boat. And when he passes there, the men see it. They may want to come back there and to suit his business interest. And I didn't want you to go there. I said, what? 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 The providence of God sometimes is like that. He prevents us from seeing what we shouldn't see. You see, there are people who sometimes God helps you. A woman is your weakness. So you don't, you don't even see her. You don't even see her properly. A man is your weakness. You don't even see the person properly. You see something else. Because God is preventing you from getting into that situation. The concept of open doors and closed doors, opportunities that come, that do not come. God wants you to go this way and direct you this way. And when you are a prayerful Christian, you have your peace about the decision that you made. So it may appear that she just walked to that farm. She just walked there. And she just walked there and the man said, no. You are not just walking here. You belong here. Nobody should maltreat you. Nobody should prevent you from drinking water. Nobody should do this and that. And then the man went on to even extend the kindness further. When you read Ruth chapter 2 verse 14. He said, look, at noon time, you come. Come to me during meal time. I invite you to come and join the rest of my workers. Whatever we are eating, you eat with us. I mean, join our eating, join our drinking. Just feel at home. And he passed the roasted grain. He said, take it. From my hand, take it and eat it. Amazing story of generosity from Boaz to this woman. Then, another story that reminds me of when we were growing old. There was this young guy in our house. Everybody knew that this boy, he had a very cunning way of finding money at the wrong place. When I say finding money at the wrong place, he was really a thief. You go and steal money. But in order to make stealing the money not look like he stole the money, he said, oh, follow me, Jamal. Oh, follow me, Joel. Oh, follow me, Kofi. Come. When, where we are going, I'll find money. When we are going, I'll find money. It's because I'm used to finding money where we are, when, when I'm walking. So you follow him, and suddenly you'll find money near a stone, near this and that. This is, I told you, I told you. I have ways of finding money. It's favor. Later on, the mother will come and say, I lost money. They say, I didn't take the money. But you can ask Kofi or ask Kwamina, ask Isi. Today when we're going, I told him, I'll find money. And truly, I found money. How much did he find? Exactly what the mother said was missing. Friends, you see, when people are young, they think everybody is young. That's a proverb that a friend of mine used to say. He said the headmaster was once a schoolboy. So the mother would say, eh, so you found the money. Okay, mine is also missing. Give it to me. So, okay, me. I didn't work for it. I just found it. So you can take it. You can take it. A child's play. What did Boaz decide for Ruth? Boaz told Ruth, follow the man. Don't go further. Then she told the man, please, don't cut all the grain. Leave plenty for her to find. Leave plenty. Leave a lot. Just let her find it. 
So at the end of the day, Ruth harvested the equivalent of 50 or 60 pounds of grain to take to the mother-in-law about a cement bag. When she went home, I'm sure the mother-in-law said, where are you coming from? You mean you just went to hook and pick, 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 small grain, grain, and you found this? Yes, that's what I found. Because sometimes I found big, big bunches and I took them. He said, nobody stopped you. Nobody stopped the mother-in-law will say, this is an impossible one. Nobody finds things like that. But today, you and I know, it is the providence of God. That's how God continues to work in your life. And that's how I want God to work in your life. To open doors for you that you cannot see. To place things for you where you can pick them. And nobody will even see them until you go there. Where you bless the work of your hand. Where people will pay you generously for work that you have done. Because he is the God who just wants to make you well worthy of the blessing that he gives you. The blessing that does not cause you to sweat. Will you follow this God and give your life to him? Will you acknowledge him as the one who provides for you? As the one who even causes accidents to work for your good? As this young lady experienced, this is the God who provides and never give up on him even in the time of hunger and famine, because he knows how accidents can tend to your favor. Stay blessed. Jesus' name. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyo Filling Station. Our Amasamain campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamain Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.